You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. I'm Nate Kading, and this is Real Success. This is the Corridor Media Group podcast, where we explore the life and careers of the Corridor's most influential business leaders. Leslie Nolte is the celebrated entrepreneur and artist behind the Nolte Performing Arts Academy, the James Theater, and the forthcoming Icon Performing Arts High School in Iowa City, Iowa, that will welcome its first boarding students in August of 2023. Leslie shares with me how injuries forced her to reevaluate her career as a professional dancer, what she learned from her six months away from the arts working for State Farm, and how, when she couldn't find one for her in the area, she created her own opportunity. Leslie also explores the feeling of success when her name became a noun, how she navigates the struggle for balance in her life, and how she believes the Icon Performing Arts Academy will change lives in the Iowa arts landscape. I learned a lot, and I think you will too. Stay tuned. This episode of Real Success with Nate Kading is brought to you by Midwest One Bank. Midwest One Bank is the proud partner for doers and entrepreneurs in the corridor and beyond. As an SBA preferred lender, our team is ready to help you reach your business goals. It's empowered money management. It's Midwest One Bank, member FDIC. Well, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time. I know, uh, especially this time of year, we're recording here in the holiday season. You always put on an amazing performance in Nutcracker. Um, so I know you're super busy, but but you have a a lot of exciting things on your plate, as you always do, and we'll we'll get into talking about your your big project, Icon Academy, here uh, in the latter part of the show. But um, we all know you here locally, especially in the Iowa City community, is really a, a leader and champion for the arts, not only um, in the performance arts, but also in in childhood education around the arts and dance and all of those great things. I've had uh, all my daughters have gone through your your program at the Nolte Academy. Um, so you're, you're doing a lot of great things and, and continue to, to push the, the envelope both as, as an artist as well as uh, an entrepreneur and business owner here in the community. And so it's, uh, it's exciting to take the chance and talk to you, especially as you're on the, on the precipice of this, this next big project, which, uh, which is super exciting. But take, take us back um, to Leslie Nolte as the, as the student here in dance and theater at the University of Iowa. Now, obviously, anybody that goes into that sort of program has a knack for the arts and, and, and doing what you do. But was there also this entrepreneurial um, all-star, you know, budding in the background as well? Or was, was that something that sort of um, came on along the way? Uh, the latter absolutely came along along the way. I think as a performer, um, I always assumed I would tour the world and, and, you know, end up as that, uh, lifelong performer. Um, all along the way, I always did things my own way. You know, I had a little dance studio in my basement growing up for the neighborhood kids. They would feed me in juice boxes, um, or pay me in juice boxes. Um, and so looking back, was there an entrepreneurial spirit from the beginning? Yes. But as a performer, I didn't really think so. I just figured I would sort of charge my own way to get into the companies I wanted to get into or to get into the theatrical productions that I wanted to get into. And then life hits you, you know, Um, in my case, life hit me by way of two um, repaired and replaced ACLs. Yeah, I've been been through that. uh, I I feel your pain. (laughs) That has a way of changing your professional trajectory pretty quick. It does. And I think I would have marched forward onto the third ACL repair if that yeah. was part of my future. 
if I didn't meet an Iowa boy. Um, and so those sort of three, those three things over the course of three years felt a little bit on the performance side, the idea of touring internationally, which I, in my head, you know, who knows if I would have ever made it in my head, I thought that was my, my guaranteed future. And when your guaranteed future starts not looking so guaranteed, then you look around for, for what else you're good at. Um, and like I said, in high school, I would choreograph and teach on fellow students. And that made sense. It allowed me at a young age with young children to just be able to start teaching dance. And that blossomed into um, what opportunity can I give these dancers? And then what building can I give these dancers that will further their education and opportunity? And then in what way can I create a dance studio, which might be unlike where I grew up, um, that can sort of encompass more um, and for us, more was adding the theatrical arts within our building and having eight productions per year so that every student got the idea of performance as education and not just that once a year recital, which might be more traditional dance studios. So some call it, you know, being unsatisfied. Um, I call it seeking opportunities for students so that they can compete, whether that's compete in, you know, a Big Ten education because they are so well-versed in the arts or compete on a stage when they get out of here and when they get out of Iowa specifically right. because Iowa specifically doesn't have a ton um, yet of um, dance companies that would give sure. them. Let's hold that thought. I want to go back to that yeah. place, you know, the the two ACLs and, and artists, athletes, you're, we're all sort of kind of one trick ponies growing up, right? Like, and while you're, you're into it, you're doing it professionally and you have to be, you know, laser focused tunnel vision on that one particular sort of professional skill set. Did you have a backup plan or was it like a lot of us where it's, oh, this is over. I can't do this anymore. Holy cow. Now what do I do? <laughs> Take us uh, to that sort of crossroads in your, in your life and your professional career where the thing that you wanted to do got put to the side and you had to kind of Re rethink and redesign your life. Yeah, I think the first time I was in college, um, young in college, sophomore year, and I thought, okay, this is one of those life lessons. It's going to teach me to be stronger and smarter. And, yep. you know, I found Pilates then, and I thought the reformer is going to be my magic wand to get me back in. And then I got back in and I was stronger than before. So then senior year when the other one tore on stage very dramatically, Ugh. Um, with a, a full house, um, you know, the rolling off the stage, you think, okay, if I was stronger the first time, this, this second time, now I'm really, now I'm really going to come back stronger. Mm -hmm. and that was senior year. And it was like when you're supposed to be getting your contracts. So um, I lost my contracts when this happened in April of senior year, yep. obviously, but it was sort of like a wait and see approach. So then Nine months later, I'm ready to get back in and I get back in and I feel stronger than before and I'm smarter and all of this is the way mm -hmm. it's supposed to go. Um, and then it just, you know, sort of the cards fell apart quickly. Like I, I couldn't do that step. And then that one felt a little too jiggly on the knee. Right. Um, I just started realizing that there are so few jobs at that time for professional dancers. And every year the next crew is, is coming yeah, up. You've got these young young guys and gals behind you that are, that are right. don't, don't have two repaired ACLs and they, they, exactly. yeah. <laughs> and they're not injured. Um, and it, you know, 
rewind four years, I, I'm a very smart, um, I'm a very book smart person. And uh, I, my dad used to just, just be so angry, you know, when my ACT score rolled in, he just sat me down at the table and said, you can't go be a dance and a theater major with the this like hilarious idea in my family about you're too smart to be a dancer. And that's a little bit how I grew up, but I also was very supportive. So I don't want it to sound like I wasn't. <laughs> and then, um, so at the time I remember my dad sat me down and he's like, I don't know, I I'm all for a sure thing, but we've now gone three years with two ACL repairs. Mm -hmm. Like you're smarter than this, Leslie. Why don't you start Maybe it's looking time for plan B. Yeah. Plan B, Les, it's time for plan B. Um, and then I simultaneously chose to move back to Iowa City mm -hmm. um, for a human. Um, and then when I looked around Iowa City, I just couldn't find anything that would fill my cup. And Nolte Academy was born. That's awesome. So there was never really a, any part of your thought process that took you down a path that didn't include the arts or dance or, or what you were doing. It was... You're back. You're back in this well, place. Where's the opportunity you want to create for yourself and the life you want to create for yourself? Yes. I mean, let's not forget the six months I um, trained, got my license and worked for State Farm. In Iowa City. <laughs> let's go. Let's not forget that. Let's go back to that. What did you so that? that yeah. So the my, really that's the six months in Leslie Nolte's professional yes. life where she was doing something other than dance and arts and all, all the things that you have a passion for. What? What did you learn about yourself during those six months or, or what you wanted to do? Because those can be valuable times as well. Absolutely. It was, um, well, my dad, my father, and my uncle were all CEOs or presidents of insurance companies. Mm -hmm. So this was my ode to the Bartnick family of right. maybe this is my future. It's in your blood. It's your yeah, DNA. it's in my blood. Um, and it was a day job, which I've never experienced before because dance and theater has always been at night. And yep. so I thought this might be fun. Um, anyway, Barbara Herring in Iowa City hired me she's, um, and taught me over six months um, that while I can do anything, because, like, I, I, I sold insurance for a hot second, um, it wasn't, I, I wasn't capable, I wasn't capable of, of being happy on a daily basis. And she was so supportive and did, and had many conversations with me that, um, while you're good at this, Leslie, this is not what you love. And then it was like a weight off my shoulder. It's like, it, oh, God, insurance is in my family, but it's not what I love. And you see that, and I'm going to get out of here. And so then right. Nolte Academy was born. But I did learn, um, you know, this sounds silly, but as a dancer that goes through auditions, there's not um, there's not very specific eight hours of daily tasks that have to get done by way of organization and calendars and meetings and paperwork and phone calls. And I know that was very short lived, but a lot of that uh, specific business sense sure. was the first time I tried that, you know, when I was 21, 22 years old. Um, and so I saw, you know, I did very much see how a good office ran, yeah. right? I was managed. I was managed by someone that wasn't a casting director and that was a first. Um, so definite lessons there. Um, and I look, I look back on it fondly. Um, and then I also feel like, see dad, I gave it a try. Right. <laughs> that's a, that's that. a, that's a great point though. I mean, you see a lot of 
folks like on the surface, oh, this is Leslie. She's made this amazing career and built this amazing business out of, you know, the, the thing that you love, you have a passion for and the dance and arts. But yet underneath that, like any business has to be this foundation of the things that you just mentioned, whether it's the paperwork and the organization and the, you know, got to have the insurance and the, you got your lawyer and you got to have the legal doc set up correctly and all those things underneath the surface where a successful, solid businesses, businesses are built from that, right? Um, and then you can go do from that, you can do the things that you love and are passionate about, but you have to have that solid foundation in there as well. I know it's never quite as clean <laughs> for all, all the small business owners or entrepreneurs out there as that, it, you know, it's kind of like the duck swimming on the pond a little bit, but um, but I'm, I'm sure that was a valuable six months for you to, to learn that before you embarked out onto the, to your next adventure. At that point in time, the, you know, you're leaving, and this is sort of the, the entrepreneur, you know, the, the journey to a certain extent, you left the security of that six month sort of nine to five job it was is risk taking also something that's been in your DNA because that that does become risky. You're going out on your own and you've got to you know create something that has value in the marketplace so you can earn a living and uh, do all the things you need to do with with making a business happen. But that's not that's not given in the in the entrepreneurial or startup business world. You got to go you got to go earn that. Uh, yeah, is that risk? What was that? Take us back to that moment. Was that risk something that that weighed on you, or were you just sort of like we're going to figure this out? All all systems go. I've, I've assumed in everything I've built up to this point that it was just going to work. Um, I've just assumed that. And so I know everyone always asks me about risk. I don't have, I don't have a fear. Like I trust, I knew looking around Iowa city and its area, the way I, the way I was taught as a young child didn't exist here. And the opportunities weren't enough. So I did feel like I was going into an unsaturated space that could do it differently. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily better, just differently. The way that was aligned with me um, and the team I wanted to build and the kind of team I wanted to build. And then the experiences that that could get people into, you know, for instance, a Juilliard. And so I just knew it was going to happen. Now, if I'm going to be honest, I probably knew deep down that I have a family that would have picked me out of that flood. Right. Um, I mean, they're very, very, they've always been very hands off, but I don't think they would have let me, you know, not feed my children sure. if the studio didn't work. So maybe I'm, I'm not worried about risk because I have that support system right. elsewhere. Um, but that being said, there are times Keep, More keeps you up at night that. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I, I want to be very, I want to have ownership of the decisions I make. Mm -hmm. So there's no such thing. I've spent the last 23 years not telling my family the negative more often than telling my family the negative, because sometimes I just don't, I don't, when it's my big decision, I don't want to neg neg negatively affect anybody else. Right. No, that um, makes sense. And, but I just assumed it was going to work. And then after we got our first 30 students, I got a new bay and I assumed I'd get to 200 students. And then I was like, we're at 200 students. People still want this. So I got a third and a fourth bay and we got to 500 students. I just assumed that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then you put the team together and it happens because you're good at what you do. Like, I don't think that I'm just lucky. <laughs> yeah. So you, <clears throat> at that point in time in 2000, when you founded Nolte Academy, you 
you observed an unmet need, like any good business is founded in the in the marketplace about parents and and young kids that don't have that want to pursue a you know academic a collegiate academic career in the arts or through a Juilliard or, or perhaps somewhere else, or just get professional coaching as as young kids in in that particular area. That observation. Um, is that something that's always part of your DNA as well? Are you, are you a, an observant person or are you, were, were you kind of seeking those sort of things out or was it, Hey, this is my passion. I'm going to, someone to try to find some sort of way to make a career out of, out of dance in the arts. Yeah. There was a lot of the latter of what you just said. There was, when I got here, there was nothing for me to do, mm-hmm. right? Like there wasn't a small regional company that I could be a part of, or I could choreograph for. So when there was sort of nothing for me to do, um, and at that time, really nowhere that I was interested in working because of maybe their um, method or their all of the experiences they have, which is why they have their building, which is why they're teaching their way, right? So when I looked to even go into establishments that were already in this area, they didn't align with where I was. Right. So half, there's nothing here for me to do, and the other half, what I do doesn't exist yet. Um, but am I observant? I think so. I, I mean, I feel like my friends say I have a steel trap and I can tell you what someone said eight years ago about me when we were on the corner of Burlington and you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and um, you travel a lot too. I mean, you've, you've seen some of these yeah. concepts um, around the country in different markets. So you've sort of been able to kind of piece, Hey, this, this one works there, this particular component or this class, let's bring, you know, kind of weaving that into your model too. Correct. Yeah. And I'll sit in as many audiences as I can. I was in Boston last weekend and I went to the same show four times because there was a particular piece in the show that I wanted to understand the movement so much that I just kept buying a seat one row closer. <laughs> and I remember like, I'm sitting there going, I want to understand this movement. So I like to look, I like to reach, I like to grab, and I, then I like to sort of take everything I know and 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 add all of the parts together. It's like a constant, you know, smorgasbord of of what you see, what your experience is. And now that I've been teaching locally for 23 years, I feel like right now I feel like an expert in some things and not in others. But one thing I feel an expert in that I wasn't for so many years, I would say maybe I feel an expert only in the last three or four years is the art of teaching dance education to any specific age. Hmm. What language you use, the actual curriculum that can build that are the building steps to get you to that final thing. And so if I look back, I'm like, oh, gosh, I can't believe in year three those kids got talented because I I wasn't an expert <laughs> in the through thread of arts education. And now... And now that's where I feel like one of my biggest assets lie is the understanding of how adolescent brains learn the art of movement. And then, you know, yeah, something my, you've evolved my, into. Yeah. Through the, I mean, you've been doing it for 20 years. Shoot. You're going to, yeah. <laughs> you're going to get pretty good at it in that amount of time. Which is backwards because now that I feel like I'm so good at teaching, my body has aged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but L- looking back on those 20 years at Nolte Academy, was there a year or I don't want to say a moment just because that, that journey has evolved so much, but was there kind of that turning point where you're like, Hey, this is, you know, this isn't just going to be a thing. This is going to be my thing. My, that I'm going to build my entire professional career around. Was there sort of an inflection point out there for you? Was it you know early on or did it take 
10 years to really get to that point? I would say it took 10 years plus. Um, I told myself at the very beginning that this wouldn't be the only thing I ever do. Mm-hmm. It was something I decided at 22 years old. Um, and I just remember being young and just thinking, okay, by the time I, if this company works, by the time I get to 20 years, I'm making a promise to myself that that will be time to be actively building the next thing. Mm-hmm. So part of it was, I, I guess I'll say this in two ways. I would I remember somewhere around Nolte Academy's 15th anniversary that Nolte for me did not become my name. It became its own noun. Mm-hmm. And that's how I knew, like, we made it. Right. Became you know, synonymous with arts education in the corridor. Yeah. Yeah, because now, I mean, I don't teach, I used to teach all like 32 classes a week. Now we have 180 classes a week. I obviously don't teach them all. There are students that come in and out of the building that it's don't bigger, even know bigger who than I you. am. Yeah. yeah, it's bigger than me. And when I experience in the community, Nolte being a noun and no one having any idea that I have anything yeah, to do with it. Yeah, is that weird? I'm going to go, I'm going to take, uh, let's go to Nolte today. Like, is that, right. you overhear that like, at, at Starbucks or something? That's got to be a little weird. Like, it's very weird. Um, <laughs> and sometimes I want to be like, I want to tell them the history, like back in the day, it was me and seven kids and, you know, (laughs) (laughs) right. I want to, but, um, it also is a little freeing Mm -hmm. because I don't have to be in every piece of it anymore. And it allows me to, to spend some of my time doing other things. I would say for 15 years, I did nothing and I'm a mother of five. So when I say I did a whole lot of nothing outside of Nolte Academy, that includes, you know, traditional mothering, um, (laughs) to be, to be fair. Um, and Mark picked up a ton of that. And obviously I spent time with my children, but not in a traditional way. Um, and I don't know if many people would have done it the way I did it because for the first 15 years, it was such a grind and it was sometimes it was not having enough money in the bank to meet that payroll. It's not, it's funny when people talk to me about Nolte Academy now, because it is a pretty good machine that Mm -hmm doesn't have some of the early problems, not to say that we don't have problems or issues or, you know, valleys and hills of yeah, every, of every business. Yeah. You get thrown stuff yeah. your, your way all the time, um, but it, it's not so crucial now that um, we have to consider whether or not there's going to be a big Christmas because Nutcracker didn't sell. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like there were a lot of years of that, that we had to sort of hang on through. Um, and now it feels a little protected. And like I said, it's, it's its own beast now. It's, it's rolling. It's a town. <laughs> right. One more bit on, on Nolte Academy, just as a small business owner, then we'll get into, get into icon and, and the future. Um, what is, if you think of yourself as a small business owner, what's the one thing that you dislike about owning a business the most and, or what, what do you feel is the most challenging piece for you having having been doing it for 20 years yeah um I'll start with the most challenging I get so invested in what I do that it's impossible to create balance like and I continue to work on that like challenging for me means not letting it consume you it, you're you're at home and you're up at 11 at night and you're right you're checking like it, you're, yeah 
And in the on the positive side, consuming means I'm in a rehearsal space for four hours and I create a six minute piece for the summer dance works and I don't know all of those hours went by and then I sit in the theater and that consumption has resulted in that mm-hmm. piece of work, which fills my cup fuller and faster than anything else in this world. Right. And perhaps would, uh, wouldn't happen if you weren't wired that way, right? right. It's sort of that paradox where it's you still exactly. want the balance I mean, I, as well. You can't, yeah. Can, right. can you have them both? I don't know. But then on the flip side, if it's, you know, someone quits and I'm obsessing over why they quit and what I did to be different, like that challenge of the overconsumption within your sort of mind, gut and heart, um, that that is something that I have to work on still daily. And I feel like the older and more mature I get, I have to, like, give myself a little bit of patience. It's like, God, it's been 23 years. That should not bother me anymore. But I'm such an like like a a curious person about the negative that mm-hmm. you, that, you know, that's like eats away at me. Um, the hardest part of business owning, and I don't, I can't say this is the same for non-service based businesses and non this size community businesses, but the, the active participation in people believing and speaking with knowledge of who they think you are also known as reputation, mm-hmm. it's probably what I dislike the most. You know, I'll hear from five people away what I like for dessert. And I'm like, who said that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like, to me, that's so bizarre. Like, I am an open book. I'll let anyone really ask me anything. Mm-hmm. But in the community of these 23 years, I now have like, students that have children that are my students. So that's like a huge pearl necklace of humans that that have come in contact with me. Absolutely. And I think the the thing I dislike the most is people that don't get the t- don't take the time to maybe know us as humans but assume they do. Mhm. And then That's hard. I mean, I don't yeah, dis- then, yeah, so, like, you know, I- provide some sort of commentary or critique or review that, yeah, that's, I think you hit on an interesting point and there should be, someone should write a book or a blog about how to personally process whether you're in, like you said, the, the service business, you know, whether that's, you know, teaching someone's kids or it's a restaurant or it's a hotel or it's, I mean, you have the Yelp reviews, you have Google reviews, you've got, and then the stuff like to your point about the community where you heard one person maybe said this about that or whatever, how, how do you, pro- I mean, that's something that's so personal as a business owner that you're putting out into the world you're creating. And and yet, how do you, there's obviously constructive things that come from that sort of those reviews, but then it's also so, I mean, how do you bring yourself to read the the Yelp <laughs> one star, right. one star review? I mean, that's, that's, you know, inevitable when you do business for so long, you know, the cheeseburger is going to be cold or the one daughter didn't have a good experience right. in the dance class or something like that. I mean, it's, it's tough and it's that, you know, there's a, there's a science that it takes a special person to be, you know, have a, the emotional intelligence to be able to process that, use it, put it somewhere and then and then plow forward. And sort of the, the bird's eye view to that is. If I let's say I left Nolte Academy tomorrow, not happening. I don't know who my support system is. Right. Like, I'm sure you've I mean, obviously you had to ex- have experienced this. Mm hmm. Um, you know, going to college in this community, right? Like you personally, Nate, it's sort of like, well, do these, do these people, 
do I have something outside of this persona that I've built? Like, am I somebody? Like, I know I'm somebody outside of Nolte Academy, sure. obviously. Yeah. But, so that's, that has, I, I wouldn't say it's the most challenging always, but it has been the biggest challenge collectively since I began. Yeah. Especially when it's, it's someone that, you, this is your name and you've put it on the masthead and on the, right. it's on the building as you drive down the Corville Strip. I mean, that's, that's right. as personal as it gets, right? Yeah. And I think it's, it, that makes sense that I'm answering that in a personal way because I'm such a task doer. Like QuickBooks was challenging. It's not anymore. Marketing was challenging. It's not anymore. Um, mm -hmm. Building a schedule for 180 people. Uh, people quitting is always challenging, but it doesn't like sit on me. So yeah, the longest through thread of challenge has been sort of my relationship reputationally within the community. Yep as Leslie Nolte, not as Miss Leslie. Yeah. And I think that identity is great. And there's tons of, I just think locally in our local corridor community about folks who's have built these amazing companies, even most, some of them multi-generational, a lot of them that we've even had on this podcast that, you know, their, their identity is so woven into the, the identity of the business and the success of the business. Think of all these great family, you know, operated businesses around the corridor and everywhere. I mean, that's, that's an, that's a very important thing. I experienced it as a professional athlete. It's Nate, the, you know, the professional athlete, then there's also more to it than that. And you, that's what makes it good because you pour all yourself into that, but also you have to, you know, live a well-rounded life with friends and family and other folks that appreciate you for things besides just the business. And um, so, I mean, that's a, that's a great, great piece, great conversation. I think probably even more poignant and important for someone like yourself that's got the name right there. It's right there. It's on the, it's, it's very personal. It's the, it's the Nolte Academy, but no, that's, that's great stuff. And I think something every, every entrepreneur or business owner that's out creating and doing things wrestles with as they, as they go through it. And speaking of wrestling, we, you got a, you got a big new project that you're wrestling with right now. Take a, I want to, I want to talk about the, I know it's, this is five plus seven plus years in the making for you guys to even get to this point. And I think that the business has launched the first uh, class cohort hasn't come through the Academy yet. I want to, but I want to talk a little bit about the stages to even get to this point before the official launch. But why don't you tell everybody what is the, the icon arts Academy and where did this seedling come from? Yes. Um, so Icon Arts Academy will be Iowa's um, first performing arts boarding high school. Um, interesting. So over the course of the last 15 years or so, we continue to see talent leave Iowa when it comes to the arts. Uh, some of this talent is 13, 14 years old because they have to get sort of into the farm system, I like to call it, <clears throat> to get into the uh, more sort of top-notch programming. Um, not everybody, but some. So by way of, I always speak of my daughter Mia, who left at 14 to go to a ballet boarding school so that she could get into sort of the training league to have a chance of making it. And of course, no chances are guaranteed. But if she didn't go at the time Houston Ballet invited her, that would have been a very lost opportunity. So this idea that... Um, Well, Iowa City is a community and sort of a landscape um, and all of our surrounding communities that that we are the perfect lo location, I will say, in the state of Iowa by way of the help of the university and the city of literature 
and Hancher Auditorium and Stanley Art Museum. Like you start looking at the greatest small city for the arts. Um, now, 10 years ago, when I started this high school in sort of my head, mm-hmm. we weren't that. Um, and I thought Iowa, I just kept seeing the fact that Iowa City was no different and actually easier to build something like this than a place like Chicago, um, which is how I grew up. And I've been, I was seeing some of my students not get into where they wanted to get into because they weren't competitive enough with people coming from performing arts high schools. So I would say 10 years worth of reasons um, has gotten me to this point. But when I started touring the schools all around the country with my curriculum director, Beth Brown, every time we were flying home, I just kept saying, you know, that's a little old ways. Starting fresh, we could we could do this better. And then we'd visit school 8, 9, 10, and we'd be flying home and I'd be like, wait a minute. I think with project-based learning, you know, that, that she's been, that she brought into the mix, we can do this. We can do this better. We can do it cheaper because I was less expensive to live mm-hmm. the rent and the land, right? Like, so I'm pulling from a thousand different sort of ideas in my head right now to answer this question. Um, it just makes sense. Um, I know it's going to work. It's the same thing I thought in the year 2000 for Nolte Academy. Um, for the state of Iowa, I think, especially with so many arts programs getting funded less um, in so many schools. And then the pandemic allowed us to partner with the Iowa City School District for their online program. So then it was like home run. Um, we're not competing against the schools anymore. We're not taking money out per head of the public schools Um, which was one of the only reasons I was sort of dragging my feet. Um, And then the North side campus opened up between uh, the theater that will be our performing arts theater alongside the James and then the school. So that's my run on answer as to why I'm doing this. There's a thousand reasons. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's great. And it's, uh, I mean, it, it has the potential not only to be a difference maker for, for Iowa, especially the the Iowa City and Corridor community, you talk about bringing this sort of business and and model and and young people to the community, but just really, to your point, layering in this other piece that that really starts to solidify how special the Iowa City area is from a cultural perspective and the arts. You start talking, you hit on it, right? It's the UNESCO City of Literature, it's the university, it's the writing program, it's you know, all of those things kind of woven in, and this could be a, a you know yet another critical component to to that story. You know, film scene and Englert and yep. and, and all of those things put together. When you look at it, you know, hey, cr- literally creating a school and br- and bringing folks in. What is the the end result, or what when this thing becomes mature? Talk a little bit about the kind of the order of magnitude. How many how many employees? How many students will be on campus here in the Iowa City area? Um, yes. what does this thing look like when it's, when it's fully, fully birthed? Yes. And I do want to say, um, I used the word cheaper. That's not true. Um, we can do this in a less expensive way than some of our competitors. Right. Uh, that's you're, yeah, my, you're not that's in my fix. Right. the this, lodging, all those, th- you know, Chicago yes, or a big it's, city. It's a less know. expensive way, which is more accessible to many more families. Yeah. Okay. So we will be, um, a school for 325 students on campus. We believe 80% will be um, locally housed. That'll be the boarding students. Uh, these students will have a one to 10 ratio for chaperones or RAs that live in the apartment buildings with them. 
Um, 20% we believe will be commuters, whether that's from Iowa City, Cedar Rapids, or within, you know, a 40-minute drive. Mm-hmm. Um, in my experience, some of the boarders might come from a family where they just moved to Iowa City. Maybe it's the youngest. Maybe it's an only child. Maybe the whole family has been thinking about getting out of a, a different location and they move here. Um, some of the percentages of other schools would be about 15% of the mass number actually have families that choose to come with them. Hmm. And that might be because they don't think their kid can live on their own yet or because doesn't Iowa City look cool? Why don't we just make the move? Um, so they're relocating their whole family here to Iowa City. Yep. Wow. Yep. Um, does that keep, does that keep you that. up at night a little bit? That's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> Uh, no, that's to me, that's a little bit less responsibility because their parents come with them. It's a little <laughs> bit more responsibility when parents are off in California. Yeah, and, that's a lot too. Right? Yeah. Right. I'm, I mean, I, I am taking on the the human, the human part of right. things, not just what's happening in the theater arts room. Um, so we, by the, by mid-December, we will have our 12 leaders hired. This is the dean of students, the director of student life. Wow directors of the programs. Um, and then at capacity over the next, so we're starting with 150 students in August after January and February nine city tour. So the first 150 students is this our August. first class. This, this coming, coming on August, August 23. Okay. August 23. So no senior class the year, the first year, because the curriculum won't be able to be realized. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have your, is there a student one yet? Is a student, student one at one a, has that person emerged? Um, student one a is signed up to audition, but we have to get through the audition process. Okay. It's not you can't just sign up. Well, that's exciting. So yeah, that is exciting. But, um, at the, at our max of 325 students will be at 60, um, faculty members and admin staff that doesn't include our RAs, which we believe will come a lot from the university, you know, master or PhD students, um, that get, housing mm-hmm. to be in, you know, their apartment by 9 PM every night and doing door checks. So that is, that's incredible. That is kind of the, the big scene. Um, you know, financially I have not, um, I'm not ignoring the economic boost that, that the school can bring to the North side. And because of that, I'm getting a lot of support and that mm-hmm. feels really good. Yeah. The differences right now between building Nolte Academy and building Icon are so vast. I mean, obviously this was like me, like me and my husband, little human, um, going this slow build, like our first four students and then off we go. And then you have this bay to this bay to this bay, 12 years later to the building. So this feels like a, this has been very fun. Um, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. We did, you know, we um, included, we we sold, for lack of a better word, 60% of the company for a percentage of dollars on the investors to make this happen. Third party investor capital. Correct. Yep. Yep. Thank you very much. Yep. Uh, that's the first time I've ever done that. It's a new that exercise. Yeah. So you got some co-owners. Was, yep. It was, I mean, that was very, that's very cool. We're a B Corp, which is brand new in the state of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like, you know, a mission statement of a non-for-profit, but it's a corporation. So pretty much double bottom line, purpose and profit that gets spelled out for people that aren't familiar. What is the motive to establishing a company as a B Corp? What are the benefits of doing that? Well, we, and we, 
we did not want to be a non-for-profit, even though right. we were pushed that direction because we we don't want to take money from nonprofits that need it most. So the Benefit Corporation allowed us to sort of socially be a non-for-profit, but a corporation that doesn't take money. Um, as uh, we, you know, we're not we don't need gifts. Um, sure, and we're just for profit with investor backing. Okay. But with the mission statement that is um, for the good of the company, we exist as a company for a mission statement to do better, to do good, sure. to help the community. Are there any actual like technical tax advantages or legal advantages from being a B Corp? Or just sort of a way to put out there into the some- public world like, hey, we're we're established in a way that's for profit and for purpose? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, there are some grants that will that we're told will start being open to B Corps. Okay. B Corps. That makes um, sense. And so that made sense. That made sense to us to do. That's awesome. We... Yeah. That's great. Um, so, I want to put you through, and I know it's it's Leslie. This is going to work, and and it 100 is going to work. Well, I mean, you're you're a driving force. But there's a great business exercise I like to do. Um, when you, when you have a startup business, it's called a pre-mortem, right? Like let's say yep. the New York Times is writing an article about this this uh, amazing academy that for whatever reason didn't work. And this is in 2028. Yeah. What, are, what are some of the, the pitfalls or the risks that are out there that could potentially derail this, this business and this initiative in your mind? And, and what are you doing to mitigate those risks at the moment? Yes. Um, so our biggest problem right now is that all of the schools like us out there have been around forever. So we're brand new. We're a nobody. And we have to make people trust us enough sure. to move their children to Iowa. Yeah. So they've got moats big, around and these other academies have they've got they've well, like got their reputation. A hundred years old. Like what's the, right? what's the acceptance rate of those academies? Um, in some of the programs, seven percent. Oh, wow. So. That's a great indicator that there's a lot of demand out there for, Yes, there's 93% of the folks that for whatever reason are getting turned down. I'm I'm assuming because of capacity reasons, I'm sure there's tons of talented. It's capacity. It's I've seen in the arts world and um, I'm seeing it now, even on for my children in the sports world, right? Like there are a bazillion people that want that varsity spot, right? You know, whatever. Shortstop for the West high Trojans. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So, um, uh, you know, everyone wants to be Javi Baez right now, <laughs> uh, every baseball player. So uh, and there's only one Javi Baez. So if you talk about that acceptance rate, there are. Think of how many. Well, you don't have to. There are so many dance studios that are training so many dancers, artists, musicians, vocalists. Uh, there's people that want to compose music, singer, songwriters, and there's nowhere for them to like put that talent in a high school. And Mm. that's, you know, those are parts of the majors that we're going to be offering. But the biggest pitfall right now is, is for all of us as a team and our team is coming from all over the country. We're moving most of our leadership team to Iowa over the next five months. Um, It's just getting that flywheel. It's to your point, it's, you have a flywheel that's literally at a standstill because this is a startup and you've got these other established and how do you start pushing on those levers to get that thing Get that thing moving. Yeah, I mean, get get student one A and then student you know, student number two and three and yeah, it's you don't have any I of that inertia take, going yet. It's just a matter of getting it going. 
Exactly. The, I mean, the, the, we don't have that inertia going is like the best thing to say right now. And then once it, the, that ball does get rolling, um, talent, talent and where they get begets the next talent and yeah. where they want to get. So winning if, breeds it, winning. Yep. You start hey, yeah, look, look at this amazing uh, guy or gal that is a graduate and now is at Juilliard or wherever. And then it's, you start put their testimonial on the icon website and then it's, then the flywheel's really, really moving. Exactly. And I met with um, admissions counselors and agents all around the country, meaning the admission counselors of Juilliard or agents that are currently taking actresses or actors in New York. And I met with them and said, what are you looking for? And we used all of that research and put it into our curriculum. So it's not like this fly by the seat of our pants. We're going to teach you some things and then hope at when you graduate high school, you know, good luck out there. We have created it in a way that today's market is looking for mm -hmm. what they want, what they're looking for, what their auditions look like. And that's all getting built into the curriculum. So the classes that they're receiving, they don't walk in and say, oh, I don't know how to improv at that audition. They walk in and they're like first in line to improv at that audition. Yeah. Um, I, you know, something I have told many people, including our third party investors is Let's say it doesn't work at all. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a really, really wonderful North Side um, performing arts building for a second Nolte Academy campus. Like to me, if I can't sleep at night, yeah, this will, now the this dollars will, don't work that way. By way, bit of, of a fallback, yeah, a little bit of a fallback. Mm -hmm. um, but and this is going to sound like a little bit artsy, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> but. When I close my eyes, I can literally see gaggles of people walking under our signage into that door. Yeah. I can see it. It's not like a question of will they come? It's just I just see it. And maybe maybe it's a slower roll than than I wish it will be, but um the leadership team is rounding out to be amazing. Right. Um I mean Beth has been my partner in this for the last uh 5 years as the you know, I, I do not have a PhD in designing curriculum. Um, so, mm -hmm. um, and adolescent learning. And so she has been, you know, key person number two, um, or number one to my two, depending on what we're working on. And what, what that'll be is, is somebody on the staff on the team from the beginning that is thinking about the adolescent brain and how they learn yeah. to make sure that it works. Absolutely. You said building out that team of whatever it was, 10, 15, yeah, 20 we'll have, total. Yeah. Including, yeah, including Beth and I and our director of operations will be a team of 15 feet on the ground in Iowa. That's awesome. Um, Where do you think these folks will come from? The 15 are there. You have good well, lo we local candidates. Have you have them. Yeah. yeah okay. Good. We already know many of them. Um, contracts are heading out in the next two weeks, but we have East Coast. We have West Coast. We have. Um, Bring them all here. Let's do it. Southeast. We have Southeast. Peninsula. Um, <laughs> we've got, we've got people coming from all over and we had the original five positions. We interviewed, a we interviewed about 60 people for our five director positions. Um, oh, wow. finishing up a couple finalists this week. And then I actually flew to Boston, um, when I visited Mia and solidified a deal there. Um, it's awesome. been very fun. Well, that team's got to be, a, a, yeah, a critical, critical part to really. Yeah. 
And just speaking business-wise for a minute, I love having a second opportunity 23 years later to do things not the way haphazardly were done when I was 22 years old. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm loving this second chance of Yeah, you've gone full circle on that journey and now you're you're back to to inning number 1 again, but yet you've played the game once. You know, you've, yeah. you've been through nine innings, maybe maybe a little extra innings on the on this first game, and now it's you get to take all those learnings and put them into practice to in in a, in a bigger, grander way, which is exciting. Yeah, and I feel like I'm not, you know, I feel I, this time it doesn't feel like I'm drowning. Yeah, I, I can right. I can see yeah. you prepared for it, which is awesome. What can the local corridor, Eastern Iowa? business community do to help support this initiative? Um, are there things, words we can get out? Are there, you know, folks we can tell about it as, I mean, I know obviously we've got a tremendously supportive Iowa city, mm-hmm. downtown university of Iowa, and just the, uh, knowing the way that you guys do business and operate, you're always very collaborative in that nature. So I know you've, you know, you've brought yes. other folks in, into, into the orbit, but just the, the regular listener out there, um, someone who's, you know, excited about what this is going to bring to the Eastern Iowa community. What, what, what can just the regular guy or gal, gal do to, to help support what you got going on? Yeah, I would, um, I'm begging for everyone to reach out to their community of people. You know, every, every human has hundreds, if not thousands of people in their network. Um, we need, we need our community to share whether it's our launch video or our website um, and speak to the fact that Iowa is, is a safe nurturing um, values, arts, education values, I see, you know, values um, academic education. Um, And, and I, I'm currently asking our community to build the, the number of people putting eyeballs on the school because of who in their network they might know that has a child that, would really, really soar here. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's the sharing. I mean, our launch video does a really nice job. Um, we worked with, um, folks can find that on, I can, I mean, I'm sorry, iconartsacademy.org, right? Which is a yeah, it's the great first website. Launch video and, yep. uh, carpool creative put that together for us. And I think they did a really great job. Yeah. It's a very nice take, website. Yeah. To take who we are, um, and, and put it into that two and a half minute launch video. It lets people, it really lets people know who they are. And then if they're interested, then, um, the website really digs deep into, uh, what our majors are, uh, from the very beginning, we put out our equity and inclusion statement. Uh, we want everyone from the, you know, before you can see the class offerings, we make sure you see the livability of Iowa city. Um, the majors that we will have the team that we've brought together so far and I think a budding artist, or even if you're not an artist, somebody that wants high school to just look a little different, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I believe that 50% of our students will go to a four-year college or university and not necessarily be an artist. But that doesn't mean they're not the most well-rounded individual that will turn them into the best, you know, marketing intern ever, right? So, like, I don't believe 100% of our students are going to head to Broadway or be the next, um, you know, Jason Isbell, for instance. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's my spiel. I just no, would love. 
It's awesome. And it's community's uh, push. I don't, yeah, I don't need anything right now until, um, the community's push is going to be the big one. And then or if you see some random 15 year olds roaming around the, the North side of Iowa city, buy them a cup of coffee or don't, don't buy them a right. beer. Don't buy them a beer yet, but you buy them a, you know, a, right. a sandwich at the, at, at Brugger's or something. But, um, no, it's, it, it, eventually there's going to be like a hundred shows a year to support these students yeah. because they need performances as part of their education. So eventually we're going to ask the community to come sit in audiences cool. of workshopping shows. You know, I can't say they're all going to be the most amazing of shows from the get go, but let watch the growth. Sure. Um, there's nothing, there's nothing that makes me feel more proud yeah. than seeing a student reach their goal, even if it's, little snippets of goals at, at a time. So, all right, Leslie, just to, just to wrap up, we, we finish all these interviews with just a real sort of macro existential question in your mind, you know, just in one sentence, how do you define success? Positively affecting a student so that their life is better. I love it. That's great. What a, what a vision for success, both personally for, for you and Mark as, as local business owners, but also the impact it's going to have on, on our community as well as the impact on the, the many thousands of lives it's already had through Nulti Academy and, and, and the thousands more through, through Icon. So it's, uh, it's inspiring stuff, and we're all looking forward to cheering it on and trying to help however we can and watch this thing come to life here right, 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 right before our eyes. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be happening. But uh, no. thank you, Leslie, so much. We, um, we look forward thank to you. supporting it as it goes, and this has been a great conversation. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you, Nate. You bet. Thank you, thank you. My thanks to Leslie Nolte for coming on to the show to talk about her real success. If you'd like to learn more about Icon, you can visit iconartsacademy.org. I'd also like to thank this podcast sponsor, Midwest One Bank. Experience simply better banking at midwestone.bank. And this podcast is produced by the great folks over at LAS Media Group, located in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, visit lasmediagroup.com. And if you enjoy this show, consider subscribing and reviewing on your podcast platform of choice. It helps us to continue to develop and grow. Real Success with Nate Kading is a Corridor Media Group podcast. And for more information, visit corridorbusiness.com.